hello and welcome to From Inside the Hive with me, Jane Galloway from Quiet the Hive. I'm delighted to have you here today and you can listen into my ramblings and my thinking around midlife. Let me know what you think. Reach out and let me hear if it resonates for you, if it brings up any questions or if you're thinking about the gardener right now, you'll know what I mean by that once you listen to the episode. Okay, enough rambling. Enjoy. Hello, hello. How are we all? I wanted to reflect a little bit on a podcast I was listening to recently. It was one by Glenn... Sorry, stumbled over my words already. One by Glennon Doyle, who is a fantastic woman who has been through a great deal of struggle in her life, including um, battling with addiction and really turning it around. She is associated for me with the phrase, we can do hard things. And indeed, that's the title of her podcast. I'll put the link to the episode I was listening to um, in the show notes. Also, I want to mention a book she's written. So she's written a number of books, but the one I've read that really, really sings to me is Untamed. Um, In fact, I gifted uh, the participants on my Amazing Women Leaders program a copy of this book each in their goodie box that they got when they joined. It's a really powerful book. It's all about owning who you are and unashamedly being you. I just think what she writes and the way she writes is really accessible and thought-provoking so I can commend that book to you and also her podcast I'm new to her podcast in fact and this is the first episode I'd listened to Um, and in this one she is celebrating her 46th birthday and talks about reaching a point of midlife and what that means what it looks like and how it feels for her some of you may have seen um, one of my Instagram posts recently, which which quoted from um, from her, in fact, from that episode. And the quote was, you can never have enough of what you don't really need. You can never have enough of what you don't really need. And I thought that was really interesting. So they were talking about midlife kind of being a bit of a bell curve and that you're striving for material fulfillment I guess until that point and then you stop focusing on that and that idea interested me. There is something really true I think in that quote about if you are chasing a feeling of joy a feeling of excitement or fulfillment, happiness through the purchase of things or the accumulation of things, it's never really going to work. So quite often, and I will put my hand here high here, and um, I am certain that a significant chunk of you will as well, that sometimes we buy things to make us feel better. A lovely piece of makeup, a bright colourful lipstick or my particular guilty pleasure, um, a a piece of cheap costume jewellery, usually in the sale at Accessorize because I like the big stuff that no one else wants so it's always the stuff that's left with the 70% mark off which is very satisfying 
but only offers a temporary fix. It's a bit like having a glass of wine or a bar of chocolate. It's a bit like buying the jazziest, snazziest car that you can get. It's the accumulation of things because of the feeling of joy and pleasure it gives us, but only temporarily. So it, it gives us that frisson of excitement, doesn't it, to press the checkout button if we're shopping online or to take the thing up to the counter and purchase it, to put it in a bag and see it wrapped all prettily, to wait for the delivery of the package or the parcel. But then that thrill is gone and you're left with something that has used up your precious and hard-earned money and don't we all know what that's looking at the moment with um, the increasing pressures on household bills um, and the way the state of the world is is driving that at the moment. So we're left with this thing and sometimes we're left with a slight feeling of guilt um, in different categories in fact. The guilt of buying it when perhaps we didn't really need it and have therefore taken that money or resource away from something else the guilt of making a choice that perhaps wasn't environmentally sound. So how many of us have been out and bought a lovely new dress or a jumper or whatever based on the fact that you saw something fabulous in a magazine and you thought, I'd like a piece of that, and then you realise that actually you're buying into that disposable fashion piece. It's a really interesting concept, I think, to think about midlife as being a point at which you no longer want to accumulate things, but rather reflect on what you have in a less materialistic way. We talked a little bit about this in um, a workshop I ran recently around resilience and how actually experiencing trauma can lead to benefit, which sounds really bizarre I guess but it can lead to benefit in different areas so what researchers have found is that people become much more aware of what they've got less materialistic more appreciative of friends and family and relationships they become more able to live in the moment and experience a joy for the day-to-day -day living rather than getting hooked up on things that may or may not happen. It's it's a really interesting benefit, I think, and, and one that many of us will have experienced in the death of a loved one, the threat of illness for ourselves, a near miss of some sort. It helps us reevaluate and place real value on the things that we care about and honour and treasure and actually sometimes we get back to whatever our new normal might look like and we sometimes lose that sense of grounding that living through that trauma can give us that appreciation that that carpe diem if you want that point at which you think this has changed me and it's made me realise where and what I want to be. They think they, whoever the great they is, they think that um, the great resignation that people are talking about as a result of COVID is associated with that. The pace and the slowing down in some ways, the focus on the distinction between life and death, the 
realization that mortality is around us makes people reevaluate what's important to them. That great resignation, I think, is driven by an evaluation of people's lives as they are. We hear, don't we, about the parents who feel appreciative of the more time they've had to spend with children during lockdown. Okay, let's put aside homeschooling and the difficulties of sharing houses nonstop and all of that stuff. But there is an appreciation for spending time in a different way. When we were only allowed to exercise for an hour a day, we really appreciated that hour and we went out and made sure we blooming well did it because we were going to make the most of being allowed outside, even if that meant you had to go out on your own. The Great Resignation, I think, is an interesting one. I think we're in for a really... I'm trying to think of a different word than interesting. (laughs) Uh, We're in for a really enlightening experience. Some real change is coming our way to the world of work and the way in which we measure and appreciate the things in our life. You will have heard me um, speak, if you've listened to the podcast recently, about a programme I've been doing, a writing programme, with um, a woman called Beth Campton, who's written a range of fantastic books, um, Calm Christmas being one of them. And if you're a, a fan of, of the uh, festive season like I am, you may, have, you may have come across that. But she's written a whole range of books, including Freedom Seeker, which was her first book. One of the courses I did got you to, over a series of five weeks, lean into different personas. The idea of the course, it's it's very much a, a writing experience course. So you try on these different personas. It might be, I don't know, sailor or astronaut or scientist or teacher or parent or whatever it might be. And for each of these, there's a journaling exercise and a writing exercise. Some of them really unlocked and shifted things for me, others less so. And I know that's the experience of others who are on the course as well. Some of the days where you lean into a persona really shifts your way of thinking or opens up a new perspective that you might not have thought of. One of the personas that we had to try on was that of Gardener. And it really led to a huge revelation to me. And and for me, this is the midlife piece. So like Glennon Doyle, I also am 46 and... It's strange to think that I'm not still 20 because that's where I feel. And when my friends and I talk about how long we've known each other and the experiences we've had together, I cannot believe that I've had friends who've who've been in my life and are still in my life for 30-ish years. It's just incredible to think about that. And the fact that I am in in a midpoint of my life I think is really fascinating so anyway the persona that I tried on that really rung true to me was that of Gardener and I can't even remember the specific writing exercise or journaling exercise or questions that we needed to answer but what I visualized was the fact that it feels like I'm in the late summer if we think about lives as seasons spring summer autumn through to winter I feel like I'm in late summer and that's not a bad thing. Um, Believe me, I am happy with that. I've still got the whole of autumn and winter to go, so it's all good. But there's something in me that feels like my midlife is a point to sit in the garden and to notice what I've sown and what's grown, what's thrived, what's flourished, 
Which parts of my garden are bare and neglected, which are overgrown? Which are overgrown and wild and attracting wildlife in a good way and which are overgrown and full of nettles and brambles that might be slightly more dangerous and I might want to calm down slightly. But there's something about taking that moment, that possibility to sit quietly in the garden and just look around me, taking a breath and sitting in the that sort of lovely long warm evening night light you get in those summer evenings and just beginning to notice what I've got and then starting to plan for the autumn what else do I want to plant what's what needs harvesting what has become weeds or unwanted visitors in the garden what needs taming what needs rewilding where do I need to focus What visitors do I want to attract into the garden? Which do I want to repel and how will I do that? Do I want to choose an organic approach or a chemical approach? There's all these questions, but there is something for me about sitting in the peace in the late summer and reflecting on how far you've come and acknowledging where you might want to go next. I'm in the really lucky and privileged position to be able to take some time and do that. And I know that's not the same for everyone, but I've decided I want to create a space that allows me to do that. I'm so lucky with what I have. I have a roof over my head in a house that I love, in a home that I have created and made and been able to work for myself. I have two children, two fabulous boys who are growing into the most remarkable characters who I enjoy spending time with and learning from. They're teaching me so much and I'm learning so much about them. I'm so lucky to be surrounded by friends and family who I get on with. My, I've got two brothers and the elder of the two and I really frequently are just astounded by how unusual it, our family is that we get on so well. We know so many families who have fractions within them and and we are so lucky that we just take it for granted that we get on so well so for me there is something about reflecting on on where I've got to and I'm I'm wondering if if that feels the same for you whether you're in a period of your life where you begin to reflect on where you've been and where you want to go. And of course, you'll know if you're someone who um, follows me uh, through my work with Quiet Hive and is engaged with the work that I do, you'll know that one of the things that I really invite people to do is reflect on where they are now and where they want to be. And then it's the blueprint for how you get there. And sometimes it's not about knowing exactly how you'll get there. It's not about knowing the path from A to B. In fact, you may go from A to C to F to Z to G to L to Q to B and then decide B isn't where you want to be and actually go back to Z. It's not about having the exact map of where you want to be and how you want to get there but it is about having an idea taking the time to reflect on where you want to go to is so important and if you don't take that time you're just kind of pootling along the path and there's nothing wrong with that but if you want to make sure that the way you're living your life is the way you want to live your life 
the way you've chosen rather than a path you've just stumbled across, then it's really important to take time to reflect. So anyway, the Glennon Doyle podcast got me to thinking and reminded me how it felt to do that exercise of stepping into the gardener persona. It's interesting, isn't it, to think about where we are now and compared to where our parents were when they were our age or our grandparents even. Um, Glennon talks in her podcast about how midlife crisis was a phrase coined when midlife was around the age of 30. We're so lucky to have extended lives now and to be able to really hopefully have the ability to know how to fuel and look after ourselves to live healthily into old age and really make the most of it. It reminds me actually of um, a conversation I had with one of my very, very best friends, the lovely Gemma Brunton, who'd read an article that's really stuck with me ever since about a marriage that had lasted a long time and the husband had said that he had had to re-fall into it sorry, refall in love with his wife several times because she was not the same person that he'd met in the same way that he wasn't the same person either. But there was these different stages and phases of her life and every time she changed slightly, he had to learn to fall in love with her all over again. And for some people that may sound really cynical, but I thought that was really quite something it really has stuck with me because we are not the same people at the end of our lives that we were at the beginning we change so many times our values and ethics and morals may remain straight and true we may have traits that stick with us but what matters to us changes what's important changes the way we choose to live our lives changes the way we embrace what we do changes I'm sure if you took a moment now, you could think about several key points in your life that had changed the way you focused. I mean, for me, you'll perhaps know this story that, that the reason, part of the reason that Quiet the Hive came about was to do with an awakening I had when I turned 40 and started reevaluating what was important in my life and and really getting fed up with the women around me, the incredible, amazing women around me, apologising for taking up space, feeling like they didn't belong where they were, feeling like they were failing at what they were doing, questioning and doubting themselves and their abilities. And I just thought, why the hell do we spend so long worrying about what other people think when we could be doing things for ourselves that bring us joy and to be honest probably well we know don't we almost definitely other people don't think about us nearly as much as we would like to think that they do so there is something about that connecting in with the different people that you become across the course of your life anyway I feel like I'm rambling now but I feel like I've made my point Go listen to Glennon Doyle, it's really interesting. Reflect back on where you are now and where you want to be next. Maybe step into that, that virtual garden, that space in your head that is you looking at your life bin and your life to come. And think about where you're going next. And if you need some help with that, reach out. I'd be really happy to have a conversation with you. 
to help you think about where you want to go next, where are you headed and what are the next steps for you. Anyway, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening and I'll see you soon. Take good care. If you enjoyed this podcast from Inside the Hive by Quiet the Hive, then please leave us a five-star rating or drop us any comments in the box below. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Any comments or ratings you give us all help other people who would benefit from the content to find us. Thanks so much.